Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh. Oh. It's been a while since I've heard that music. I gotta be honest with you guys, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I have my neck flaring up. I can't remember if I've told you about this before or not. I've got stenosis in my spine, which means just from years and years of starting out in high school thinking that it was cool to have as many marks on your helmet as possible, and you'd you'd ram your head like face down exactly the way you're not supposed to into as many people as possible to try to get marks on your helmet. That that probably is where it all started. Then you go through college in the NFL. And through the years, my spinal column kind of thickened and narrowed to the point now where my spinal cord is right up against bone. And it ends up just hurting like the dickens when I go to work out or anything. Sometimes, if I just do just enough to aggravate it. And uh, like I've, I've got a good pillow and that makes a big difference. But for whatever reason, I'm going through that right now. And this morning on our radio show where I was miserable because I'd woken up at 1 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep and I was feeling sorry for myself. We had a a kid and his father, uh, the kid has beaten leukemia. Uh, He's actually, well, he's got two years of treatment left and, uh, but he's, he is beating it. And that immediately snapped me back into, oh, Seth, quit, uh, quit being a little bitch. You're really, you're really being a bitch. So the kid with cancer and a port in his chest so he can get his chemo still once a month uh, might have it a little bit rougher than me. That's The same thing happened to me when I was working out at Athletes Performance in Pensacola. That's a place a lot of guys work out before the combine. When I was done in the NFL, I went there just to get my body right. Like I did two months of working out in rehab and kind of trying to fix all the things that had happened to my body while I was getting all these surgeries during my NFL career. And you know, like athletes do, or like any of us do when we're going through hard workouts, you tend to start to feel sorry for yourself a little bit. But the thing about athletes performance in Pensacola is that they have a bunch of special operations guys from the military that go there and they train them at the time they were training these guys before they rotated out or as they started to get older because those guys bodies just obviously get beat to hell i mean even in the non-combat side of things all the training is just brutal there were like rescue well the seal guys and then some of the like the rescue guys and other guys that are on those boats those boats just pound up and down so their shoulders are always getting torn up and then obviously all the stuff that the rangers and the green berets and the seals do is is crazy in terms of their training but then what really gets you when you really say oh okay i'm not going to complain anymore is the first time i worked out with a couple of the navy seals i'm out there and uh one of the guys is an amputee and you know i'm not trying to press for details or anything and but we're talking and he starts telling me the story about when his leg got shot and you know how he finished the mission they were on and and how crazy it all was and he wasn't he wasn't 
bragging about it or saying it in any kind of dramatic way. He was just kind of saying it matter-of-factly. And I'm thinking, of course, all right, well, you know, so what are you – what are your plans from here? What are you going to do and do now that you're out? And he said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going back in a couple months. So when I started meeting some of these guys who were amputees who were going back into service, it, uh, it gets you to shut the hell up. But anyway, I'm, I'm using a CBD rub on it. This is not an advertisement. I, I got it at a local smoke shop, and I walked in, and the kid, the kid working recognized me. He listens to our radio show in the morning here, which was kind of cool. But then I felt like I let him down because, you know – you know, a stoner always wants uh, to to meet other stoners, obviously, like-minded folks. But then especially you feel like, oh, yeah, I listen to the radio show, and if Seth Payne walks in, it would be pretty cool if he wanted to buy a bong or something. But not me. I'm, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big-time pot smoker. But I needed the CBD oil, and they had some really good stuff. So I'm going to – this is the first time I've tried topical CBD. So CBD, for those of you who don't know, is cannabidiol. I think I've spoken about it on here before. But it's the non-psychoactive part of marijuana. So it's one of the substances in marijuana that doesn't make you high, but it does reduce anxiety and inflammation. And I wouldn't really even be trying this. I've, I've done it internally before. I've taken the pills. And I felt like it helped a lot with anxiety and stress and stuff like that. I just don't like, I don't like taking anything that's medicinal if I don't have to long-term. So I kind of weaned myself off of that. This I wouldn't feel as bad about if I had to do it long-term because it's topical so I can just target my neck. And Dan Riley, the old strength coach who never recommends any kind of supplements or anything, has found a brand that works for him. So this isn't the brand that Dan wanted to use. But I don't know if I want to give you – I'll give you guys a – I'll give the head shop a free advertisement just because the kid was so cool. Do you guys, do the kids still call it head shops? Is it just a, is it a smoke shop? Whatever it might be. Let's see. It's Burn Smoke Shop 2 in Houston. So there are at least two Burn Smoke Shops. This is the second one is on Shepherd in Houston. So if you're ever in Houston, stop by. I, I chose one of those closest and had the most Yelp reviews. And it got really good Yelp reviews. Officially, it's a tobacco shop according to Google Maps. So if you're looking for tobacco or CBD or anything else in the world, burn smoke shop and and the kid who listens, and I can't remember his name right now. I apologize, kid. So that's where we are. That's my little bit of insanity. Sorry to bore you with my medical issues. I'll be fine, obviously, because I'm not going to complain next to the kid with cancer or the uh, various military heroes. Really right now in the world of the NFL with everything that's going on, in the really, really serious football stuff, the big-time X's and O's stuff, I do have some things I want to say about Kyler Murray and some other people. But obviously, the up-to-the-date, live-action, where-the-hell-in-the-world-is-Antonio-Brown saga is what's on most people's minds. So where is Antonio Brown? Here's Mike Mayock, the GM of the Raiders. Hey, he used to be on television. Now he's the GM of the Raiders. He's the one that signed Antonio Brown. He welcomed him into Raiders Nation because he's the right kind of guy. Here's Mike Mayock on Sunday of this week. Uh, You all know that AB is not here today, right? So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, We have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay, but we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in, we're all out. Okay, so we're hoping 
He's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope AB is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No question. So uh, for those of you who aren't aware, here's a quick recap of Antonio Brown's last, what, nine calendar months. Uh, Forced his way out of Pittsburgh, even though Pittsburgh had to eat a whole lot of money on their cap uh, because they'd already paid him guaranteed money when they traded him to Oakland for a relative song. Oakland makes him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. They give him $30 million guaranteed. Shows up at camp this year and he has frostbitten feet because he apparently didn't wear booties in a cryotherapy treatment. Then as he's coming back from the foot issue, he realizes that the helmet that he's worn his entire career, uh, which he's known for a year, was not going to be allowed in the NFL this year. He decides now to file a grievance uh, trying to get his helmet passed, or at least that model helmet. I'm not look. I'm not going to get into all these details. It's frankly, it's laborious. So he's he's not at camp. He disappears. The Raiders are trying to stand by him, but then finally Mike Mayak says, enough is enough. you got to get yourself back in the fold. He showed up today, Monday, at camp. Adam Schefter originally reported that he was at practice. I'm seeing Yahoo reporting that there was no practice, but that he reported as the team had meetings to break camp. So is he back in the fold? I suppose so. The Raiders, some of you might ask, uh, hey, should they cut ties with him right now? Well, they've got the minor issue, that $30 million guaranteed. They could have sent him what's known as a five-day letter, and if Antonio Brown hadn't reported within that five days, then they could have put him on a reserve list and not had to pay him, but that's kind of a nuclear option, and it doesn't look like he's going to need that. I think, as, as many people have proposed, and I think it's the most likely scenario, Antonio Brown just probably doesn't want to be in training camp, especially with his blistered feet. But like many diva-ish type players as they get up there in years, they don't want to go through the grind of training camp. But Antonio Brown, who's never turned down an opportunity for publicity or drama or anything else, used this helmet as this helmet issue as a way to just be a little bit more dramatic about it. And I'm guessing that's all that it is. If Antonio Brown isn't suited up for the Raiders on week one, I would be extremely surprised. I think that even by the time you listen to this podcast, this might be dated and old news. He might get a couple snaps in in the preseason, but he'll be just fine. And he's probably going to be a really good player for the Raiders this year. Gruden Gruden has turned into this weird guy who, you remember, couldn't get along with Keyshawn Johnson. But look, I can't blame Gruden for not getting along with Keyshawn. Keyshawn had the attitude of Antonio Brown, but without the talent. And I think that... The, some of those same diva tendencies are there, but Gruden didn't do as good a job dealing with guys like that in, ta- that in Tampa. I think that Gruden's time in the media has changed him a little bit. And much like a grandfather is much nicer with your children than he was with you, so I guess I should say your father is a lot nicer to your kids than he was to you growing up, I think that Gruden's going to have a softer, defter touch with guys like this. And I would include his quarterbacks in that. You know, Derek Carr is probably going to get a different treatment than Brad Johnson did or Randall Cunningham or any of these other guys that Gruden eventually claimed weren't good enough to be working with him. I think that he'll be all right. And other than that, Antonio Brown will just always be one of those frustrating guys who gets away with more because he's so supremely talented. And I'm, I'm watching that Queen movie. 
what is it? Is it called Bohemian Rhapsody? It's the movie about Queen, the band, and Freddie Mercury. You know, Freddie Mercury drove that band. He was the talent that really, really made them incredible. So he shows up late to a lot of meetings. But what are you going to do? It's Freddie Mercury. Football teams, on the other hand, don't like to run themselves like rock bands as much because they like to be more militaristic. Like in the Army, in the Army, you don't let your best soldier, your best sharpshooter just do whatever the hell he wants because he's talented. So it's hard for football coaches and football fans and myself because I'm kind of raised and steeped in that tradition of, yes, sir, yes, sir, okay, sir, yes, sir, I'll jump higher. I'll do whatever you want. I'll run through that wall. Not even because I actually like you as a coach, but I want to be the kind of player that runs through walls so they'll write nice things about me in the paper and my parents will approve. All that crap. Antonio Brown doesn't play by those rules, and it's so frustrating as a fan or anybody else to have to deal with that, but that's where he is. He's a rock star. He's got maybe a couple years left of being a rock star before Father Time creeps in, and as we know, time is undefeated. Time defeats everybody, especially really, really fast guys. Age uh, Speed doesn't tend to age all that well, but for right now, I think Antonio Brown is going to be, unfortunately, just fine for anybody but Raiders fans. It was funny, Sean Pendergast was doing his national show on CBS radio on Sunday night, and a guy from Las Vegas called in and said that, that Antonio Brown had worn out his welcome already. Sean was like, they've been in Las Vegas for negative 250 days, and Antonio Brown's already worn out his welcome. I think the one thing is that Ben Roethlisberger gets a little bit of a reprieve from any blame that he had in the Le'Veon Bell and, and well, I shouldn't say the Le'Veon Bell situation, in the Antonio Brown situation for sure. But I think by extension, he's getting a little reprieve from the Le'Veon Bell situation. And I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is ever going to be mistaken for Peyton Manning or Tom Brady when it comes to leadership. But he wasn't necessarily the toxic part of that relationship. I think Antonio Brown's going to have issues no matter where he goes. And that's why he's so damn famous. He'd be famous anyway. But look, who, like who's more famous, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown? Or... Deion, well, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins might be getting up there just because he's got fashion sense. I'm biased because I live in Houston, obviously, so I see a lot more of DeAndre than anybody else. But Antonio Brown, in this age, especially of social media, crazy sells, crazy works. And Antonio Brown is the perfect amount of crazy because I think he's actually a little bit crazy. He doesn't have to fake it. Some of these people, they fake crazy, and it, it comes off disingenuous. Antonio Brown, flat out crazy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And as crazy as Antonio Brown is, is as short as Kyler Murray is. First quarterback taken under six feet in decades. I can't remember if it was ever or not. In a long time. Since, let's, let's be frank, the last time it happened, it was probably when the average man was two inches shorter than they are now. What with the scurvy and all that. So... 
Kyler Murray, short quarterback, a lot of people skeptical about what matching him up with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, relatively unsuccessful college coach who is now getting a crack at the NFL as his reward, but has always had electrifying offenses there at Texas Tech, and now he's going to bring his version of the spread air raid offense to the NFL. Look, Cliff Kingsbury spent a year interning for Bill Belichick. It was when he was a quarterback. He got injured. They put him on IR. And Belichick basically said, hey, you want to learn how to be a coach. So Cliff Kingsbury, that year when he was on IR, was doing all the stuff that coaches would do. He's breaking down film. He was really learning a lot about the NFL. So Cliff Kingsbury, even though he's coached mostly in college and like his real coaching, like his paid coaching has been in college. He's got a, an awareness of how it works in the NFL, even though his was some time ago. So I know that he's going to adjust his game a little bit. It looked bad versus the Raiders last week. Kyler Murray was three for eight for 12 yards. Wait a second. That, yep, three for eight for 12 yards. I'm reading this box score. I watched all his plays, and I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was quite that bad. I think the important thing to know about Kyler Murray so far in the preseason is that he's only attempted a couple of passes that have traveled over 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. None of them have been complete. One of those isn't his fault. One of them was his fault. But... It's not the offense that the Cardinals are going to run. They've been using multiple tight ends. It's not nearly as spread out. It's not as fast-paced as what they're going to do. So that's partially an excuse. I have a hard time excusing a lot of the stuff I saw in that game versus the Raiders because a lot of it was just really poor execution. I mean, false starts, uh, not picking up blitzes. Some of the plays, including the last play he was in, it was a safety blitz, it was a it was a, a more aggressive offense. They were running four vertical routes, and they just couldn't get the blitz blocked, and Kyler Murray got sacked because of it. He got sacked twice. It was a really, really ugly game. But for whatever it's worth, they're not running the offense that they're going to show in week one. So Kyler Murray has more to him, and I'm relatively optimistic about him. I don't think height's going to be the issue that it used to be. I think that's one of those – that's one of those old-school, like, baseball scout type of things. Like, you know, how baseball scouts used to think you could judge a guy by how strong his chin is. Football coaches notoriously love these guys that look the type. And that's how they get drafted as high as they do. Like, it's better to be six foot five than to have the arm and athleticism of Kyler Murray. At least it used to be. And that's why nobody like Kyler Murray ever got drafted high. And I think the rules changes are going to help Kyler Murray out a lot too. It's not so easy to hit those guys as it used to be. The passing game obviously has opened up. And I think that Kyler Murray will be able to do a lot of things with or without his legs. You know, And it's not just his, his mobility that's the big deal. It's his throwing ability and his accuracy. And I think really, if, if you're going to turn a weakness into a strength, one weakness that he has that he can turn into a strength, and I actually saw it in this game, even though it was an incomplete pass because Larry Fitzgerald pushed off, it ended up being a nice throw with pressure in his face. When Kyler Murray got pressure in his face, and he has a really fast release because he's got short levers. Those arms of his can swing around really fast. It's like Jose Altuve, the baseball player, he can get around on the ball really, really quickly because he's got short arms. And what should be a weakness ends up allowing him to wait on the ball a little bit longer to really crank it out in a short amount of time. And you have a little guy that's got way more power than you expect. I think Kyler Murray can be like that. He's got issues 
from the team around him, that offensive line. Like I said, some of the timing and execution on the plays they did run really isn't up to snuff yet. My concern as a former defensive player is what the hell happens to the defense when those guys are out there for 70 or 75 snaps per game. Because what we haven't seen yet is the really up-tempo offense. And if it's going to be anything like Chip Kelly when he first came to the NFL, this is the important thing to remember. I checked this just now because I remember this. I remember that the Philadelphia defenses were on the field a whole lot. I went back and looked at the defenses from when Chip Kelly was both in Philadelphia and in San Francisco. And for four straight years, Chip Kelly's defenses were in the top two in total snap counts on defense. That means his guys were out there a lot because that's what happens when the offense is successful or unsuccessful. Either way, if they're successful, they're scoring really fast. If they're unsuccessful, it's a really fast three and out. And you don't chew up that much time. It puts your defense out there on the field a lot. And and a lot of times it's not even, when I say that scoring too quickly can be a problem on offense at times, If the defense is out there for, let's say, eight snaps, then they come off the field and the offense is only out there for three snaps. Whether it's three three and out or three and a really fast score and the offense isn't isn't drawing any time off the clock, over time that accumulates and guys end up tired. And that was a little bit of an issue in Philadelphia. By the third year there, those guys were kind of sick and tired of conditioning all the time, of doing all these things that just leave you ragged by the end of the year. So I'm curious to see what Cliff Kingsbury's going to do when he really opens it up. And I think there can be some spectacular performances there, especially out of Kyler Murray over the next few years. But how's his defense going to hold up? And, you know, those are they've, got, they've still got some studs over there. Patrick Peterson, will, luckily, I guess, the silver lining of his suspension is that he won't be as tired by the end of the season because he's got to take six weeks off. But I am excited to watch Kyler Murray. I really, despite everything I just said, I really am optimistic about his long-term future. It's more about Cliff Kingsbury and how he becomes an overall total NFL coach, especially in that environment with that team in Arizona. And I hope little Kyler Murray just doesn't have his brains plastered all over the turf before he has a chance to really develop. Somebody who's going to get another chance to develop is Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon reinstated by the NFL. Not immediately clear exactly when he'll rejoin the Patriots. Bill Belichick was quoted as saying, I don't know. He put out some statement, and (laughs) he put out a statement, and then the halftime reporter at the preseason game this week tried to ask him about it twice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously Belichick didn't say anything more. I, I don't like criticizing those halftime questions because there's almost no correct question you can give to Belichick or Popovich. If they're in a bad mood, they can make you look like an idiot. But the guy asked him, because you, and this is like, this is the team broadcast, you know, this is a friendly broadcast. The guy asked him if he had anything to add to it. Belichick said no, and he and he basically said, are you sure? you sure you don't want to ask more? And Belichick said no again. So they're going to get Josh Gordon back. And Josh Gordon, who is a physical freak, of course, but has failed four drug tests in the past three or four seasons, has his demons. The NFL all of a sudden seems like they're trying to be the cool parent. They've, they've relented on some of the personal conduct issues. It looked like Josh Gordon might never play again, given all of his issues. But they're backing off a little bit on some of these personal conduct policies. I think the conspiracy theory would be that the NFLPA is a little sick of the way Roger Goodell just haphazardly and randomly doles out punishment. So 
maybe as an as a gesture of goodwill or some kind of an olive branch, they're going to back off on this a little bit. I do think with Josh Gordon, it does bother me that everybody always assumes it's marijuana, you know, without evidence of, of anything more than that. It's really easy to just say, oh, sure, so-and-so gets six games for domestic violence, but Josh Gordon's never going to play again because of pot. We know in at least one incident it was alcohol while he was still on probation or coming back from a previous incident. Not that – look, not that – Banning guys from football is the best way to also help rehabilitate them. But for the sake of accuracy, it's important to point out there's a lot more uncertain about exactly what Josh Gordon has done and what exactly his demons are. I will say, just from talking to Michael Lombardi last year, in the NFL, there's a difference between guys who hurt themselves and guys who hurt others. And on a football team, the bad dudes – the guys that just flat out are bad dudes, whether they're bad guys in, in terms of criminals or even if they don't have a criminal record, but they're just not good guys to be around, don't care about their teammates, it's hard to really justify having them on your team. And I think that Josh Gordon has never really been described as a bad dude per se in, in terms of harming other people or disliking his teammates or anything like that. He's just got control issues, and he's working through them. The scary thing about it, if you think about the Patriots right this moment, is that they have Josh Gordon, who's 225 pounds or so, just a physical freak. Then they have Enkil Harry, the draft pick, who's 6'4", 225. They signed Demarius Thomas. He's 6'3", 225. Remember, he's older and coming off an Achilles tendon tear. So I don't know exactly what they expect to get out of him. The Texans let him walk without too much of a fight this year. And... They are the only team in the league right now that has three receivers over 225 pounds, that weigh 225 pounds or more. So that's a much different looking receiving core than they've typically had. Obviously, you lose a lot of size there with Gronk, but they're really hurting at the tight end position, and this at least makes up for a little bit of that. The the Josh Gordon being reinstated, and I think a lot of people just acting like, well, here they go the Patriots again, the rich getting richer – I think there's more to it than that. I don't I don't begrudge the Patriots for having a way with bringing guys in and just testing them out and seeing if they can get the most of them because they've done a pretty good job with it with some guys before. Other guys with like Albert Hainsworth, it's failed miserably, and they cut ties and he's gone. But there was last year, let's see, there was a three-game stretch after the bye week against the Jets, the Vikings, and the Dolphins. He connected with Josh Gordon 13 times for 226 yards and a touchdown. Had some other really good performances, but then obviously everything fell off when he checked himself into rehab and whatever happened, happened. It's interesting because just as I was actually stepping away from reading about Josh Gordon, I picked up the men's health because, of course, I had to get the men's health because it had Tom Brady on the cover. And uh, I once devoted half of a podcast episode to Tom Brady's workout when we were talking to Roberta Anding, the dietitian, about Tom Brady's pliability and whatnot. And also, also I get I get tired of people saying that Tom Brady's a vegan. He's not a vegan. He doesn't eat he doesn't eat a lot of meat or animal protein. But Peter King once described his diet as almost vegan, and people kind of latched onto that and act like he's a vegan. Not a vegan. Not a vegan. The Tennessee Titans have a whole bunch of vegans. That's a whole other story. Derek Morgan's wife is a really good chef, apparently, and got a bunch of guys hooked on veganism. I don't know if that's good or bad for them, but uh, it's been, I think this will be the second season now. I think all last year 
they were into that. But Tom Brady's got this interview in Men's Health, and it's pretty good because he talks about when he first got hooked up with Alex Guerrero, his guru there, and he said it was after 10 years of his bicep being like a rock and his forearm being a rock, and he did one massage session with him, and he was pain-free all of a sudden. So you can see... For all the crap people talk about Alex Guerrero, and look, look, he does. He's full of crap in some ways. He used to be. He was a charlatan who sold a supplement that he could claim could cure cancer. Brady marketed a concussion water at one point that was supposed to help people recover from concussions more quickly. He used to be a snake oil doctor, but he's a snake oil doctor who's really damn good at massage, and also got Tom Brady and all this pliability stuff in his TB12 method. But the one, the one interesting part of this, this is my favorite part of men's health, and this is why I get it, because it's not for the in-depth articles, it's for the little blurbs they have. Like, they do this two-minute drill with Tom Brady, where they ask him, you know, some pretty predictable stuff, workout tunes, U2, and Coldplay. I think that's very on-brand for Tom Brady. Favorite workout partner, my wife. That's so sweet. Uh, last time you cried. I cry a lot a week or two ago, not going to say why. You know Tom Brady does too. Uh, look, this would be an easy spot for me to mock Tom Brady. Uh, I know I know a lot of you are thinking that. I wish I could cry more. I, I'm sealed off emotionally for my own protection. Uh, I, I've got a very good strategy of repressing and denying, repressing and denying. I feel like it's made me happier in certain areas of my life. It'll, it'll all blow up someday. But until then, I'm just a happy little time bomb. Tom Brady's ability to both cry and then admit to crying, but then also, and crucially, he does go, he sees a therapist pretty regularly and he's pretty open about that and that he had started doing it in college because his father, his father used to have a bunch of issues. His father started going to therapy, he encouraged his son to do it in college. So good for you, Tom Brady. You're setting a good mental health example. The interesting one was they asked him for, if he has a euphemism for sex and he says, I have one, but I'm not sharing. But G knows, it's very clear so Giselle, his wife, I, I'm presuming is G, and uh, he says it's very clear. I have one, but I'm not sharing, sharing, but G knows, and it's very clear. For the life of me, I don't know what that could be. I, I put this out on Twitter, and I got some good responses. Let's see. Omaha, <laughs> Omaha says John Lopez. Let's see. Uh, Anthony Wood says, oh yeah, he said Omaha also. Matt Young, who works for the Houston Chronicle, said the old 28 to 3. Uh, let's see. Drew Shirley said something, something inflated balls. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of potential there for deflating or draining your balls. Let's see. Hey, G, it's time to get under center. Let's see. Oh, oh, uh, Rocket Intellect says he would call it a distraction. Steve Palazzo Palazzolo, excuse me, from Pro Football Focus, says he, he identifies the mic. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Good job. Well done, Twitter. You've, you've reinvigorated my, my love of Twitter instead of my absolutely despising it every second of the day, every time I check in, every time I'm hanging out by the pool on a uh, Sunday afternoon and somebody decides they have to call me an idiot. Other than that, Twitter's awesome. Oh, you know what else is awesome? This sounds like I'm about to do a live read, but I'm not. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do at the beginning of the podcast, which is ask all of you if you enjoy the podcast to go ahead and leave a five-star review uh, and leave some words. That'd be awesome. Pharmacist Glenn said, Seth is a bright and hilarious guy who covers many topics in addition to football and sports in the podcast. Very entertaining and a must listen. Interesting story about that. I did not pander for that vote, but I did get that 
review from Pharmacist Glenn after I went into his pharmacy at like 3 in the morning because this is before I got my balloon sinuplasty and got my sinus issues cleared up. I was a miserable wreck one night and I went in and I didn't even know Glenn was a, a pharmacist. I had I had known him as a huge Texans fan and a listener of my radio show and everything, but I I never knew that he was a pharmacist. So I saw him in there, and I I, I was just I was glad that it was for sinus medication instead of like me in there at 4 a.m. asking for some kinky brand of condom or something. You know, like uh, that's that, that and at least I recognize pharmacist Glenn. I do worry about the times I'm around town asking for kinky things and that maybe the person knows me and they don't divulge it because uh, who knows? They're, they're just going to assume the worst. I'm a married man. That stuff's all for good Christian fun. So leave a review. Uh, the, the last minute of this podcast, notwithstanding, if you're like the rest of it, go ahead and do that. Going to have an old friend of mine, an old teammate of mine on later in the week, Drew Hodgden, who's really funny guy and just fun to talk to. I'm, I, I'd like to start having him on as a regular guest, not because he was a big name in football or anything, but just because I like him and because I enjoy talking to him. I think you guys would enjoy talking to him too. So leave that review and we will check in with you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.